0: This episode contains depictions of violence that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. So, uh, welcome everybody. You're listening to The New Witches. I am Maria, and today I am joined by my guest host Mm. and one of my really close friends, (gasps) Anna.
1: Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You excited? excited. I am excited. I'm excited (laughs) to hear about the paranormal and talk about true crime.
0: And true crime. So yeah, you're Mm. listening to a spooky episode, so um, just to kind of uh, cover some... Uh, business stuff before we get into the fun stories. Um, now I, I already made this announcement before with uh, Melanie taking a break from the podcast that we'd be uh, transitioning to um, weekly Wednesdays and we'll be flip-flopping between our witchy uh, spirituality topics and our um, spooky paranormal true crime topics. Um, so it'll be kind of like an every other week thing. You'll have an episode every Wednesday. But we'll switch between the two nice. um, topics. And um, speaking of announcements, um, and this is I say this with a a very sad heart, um, but Melanie will no longer be co-hosting this podcast with me. Um, I'm gonna miss her so so much. Uh, Melanie decided to take a step back to just focus more on um, family and her artwork too. Um, If you don't know uh, oh my gosh Melanie is an amazing amazing illustrator and you can I want I do want to plug her account um, on Instagram it's at gray days girl and I'll add that to the show notes so we'll miss her a lot Uh, for now um, we will continue the show on Um, so we'll have guest hosts come in and um, they'll be helping me keep the show along I will be looking for a new co-host so if anyone is interested please reach out you can um fill out the contact form on our website thenewwitches.com or you can just email it straight to us if you're interested it's thenewwitches at gmail.com um we also have new patrons so this shout we do patron shout outs for every new patreon subscriber thank you patrons thank you patrons so this um episode is brought to you by our new patron philip turner mm. hi philip hello philip um i'm really excited because he did a really cool like topic suggestion uh. on this form of divination that i'd never heard of and so thank you philip we will definitely do that um coming up well but done yes. philip thank you philip this yeah. episode is brought to you by philip and if you are mm. interested in in becoming a patron, supporting the show, and getting a personal shout out on an upcoming episode, um, you can support us on Patreon. Mm. So go to patreon.com slash Um okay. And anywho, so on with the show. So Anna, mm. um, I brought Anna on just because I knew that sh- you would just be perfect for this kind of episode. Like, we, <laughs> like before I ever made a podcast, we would like talk about our podcast suggestions and talk about, like, oh, that's mystery right. and, like, true crime Realigned stuff. perfectly. Yeah, we podcast. have, like, pretty much the same taste yeah. in podcasts. Um, Such podcast. synergy with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this week, Anna will be doing true crime, and I'll have paranormal. So, Anna, what what story do you have for us?
1: I have one on Hans Schmidt. That's my guy today. I've
0: never heard of this. Is it a... I don't no don't tell me oh, you oh just, okay you just say okay. it. i'll hold it i was gonna ask like what kind of crime it is but i'll just let you i guess tell it
1: <laughs> i will say he his crimes are lengthy
0: are are lengthy this,
1: yes and his profession is what makes him distinct oh yeah okay he's the only one of this profession to interesting get executed in wait United what <laughs> yeah in this profession he is the only like he created a new profession, or no? Like he's just this
0: thing. He's like very niche. Uh,
1: I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll walk
0: us through. Okay. Who is Hans Schmidt?
1: Hans Schmidt. Well, other notable Hans Schmidts? There are like are many. I guess. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I does mean, does he live on? <laughs> well, I looked up Hans, Other Hans Schmidts, um, and there's a Canadian. Nazi pro wrestler who incited riots. Okay. There's a Swiss architect. There's right. a German bobsledder who competed in the 1930s. Uh-huh. But it's not any of those. It's not those Hans- Okay. Huts. But this one, okay, so can you guess his profession?
0: Is he um I'll tell you if you're close. Okay. Is he a horse surgeon? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> if that doesn't exist, it needs to. It's such a niche. <laughs> That needs to exist. A surgeon only for horses.
0: Only for horses. For horse spleens. Yes. Okay.
1: They they only know the spleen yeah. only on horses. That can't be very Do lucrative. horses have spleens? I,
0: w- I would assume so. I would think so. So Hans doesn't, isn't? No. Oh, okay. Not involved.
1: <laughs> cool. Not involved with animals.
0: Okay. Is it scientific? No. Is it art? artistic then? No. It, okay, well, mm, mathematical? Mm-mm. I guess that's, what is it? What does he do?
1: He's a priest. He's the only what? priest to in ever the world be, to, in the world that's ever existed.
0: <laughs> All the other ones are liars. Yes,
1: he's just the kidding. only priest in history, in U.S. Okay. history, to ever be executed for murder.
0: Oh shit! Oh, like he that's had the death penalty. And okay, I thought you meant he was like the only one of his profession, like ever, ever, not just no. the only <laughs> one of his sorry. profession to be oh. executed. Yeah. I think I missed that. I was like. That's what I was trying to that think is of really Something fun, really no? weird. I wish
1: he had. I wish he was a horse surgeon. <laughs> I wish. No horse, but yeah, that's horse his... surgeon dies of execution. Yes, would right. be really distinct. But no, unfortunately, so he's not that profession. A priest. Okay, A priest. So this tale starts all the way back in the late eighteen 1800- hundreds. Ooh, I love an old timey crime. No, oh, that's why I printed it off. I figured it went with <laughs> oh, it. So analog. Exactly. <laughs> So, 1800s, specifically the 80s in the Mm -hmm. 1800s, um, where Little Hans was born in Bavaria, Germany. Little Hans. Little Hans. Adorable. (laughs) He's not adorable when he gets older. Um, So, yeah, he's born in Bavaria, Germany, which I understand is like, well, from my understanding, is like the Texas... Of Germany, kind of. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? I don't know. Because heard... it... it was like its own country at one point. Oh, okay. Like, I thought you were like, cowboys? German cowboys? <laughs> that <laughs> needs like... to exist if it doesn't. That would be s- exceptional. Yeah.
0: Um. Remember Bavaria.
1: Bavaria. And also BMWs. And what? And BMWs. Oh, BMWs, the of course. The land of BMWs. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, Bavaria.
0: And sausages.
1: And sausages. Right? Beautiful German women.
0: Gorgeous. They're always gorgeous. I know. Beautiful. Just beautiful people. Absolutely. Yep. You know, our friend um Marie is half German. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's why she's beautiful. Mm hmm. She yes. is
1: she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. So yeah, this so this tale starts then. That time. Um so Hans family, his background, his family is deeply religious. hmm Mother was Catholic, father was Protestant. But they were also known to have mental health issues.
0: I feel like this is gonna play in to the story later.
1: A little bit. A little bit. Oh, okay. Also kind of his, to his advantage. Almost. Interesting. see why. Okay. Yeah. You prob- can probably guess why already.
0: Well, I thought that he was a horse surgeon, so I wouldn't trust <laughs> my judgment so much. <laughs>
1: that was such a good guess. I really wanted him to be a horse surgeon after he said it. Um. So Hans was a very introverted and intelligent boy. Little Hans. Adorable little Hans. Mm-hmm. But had hobbies and interests that I think would be seen as very large red flags. Possibly bloody. Oh. Um, so like, you know, most boys his age as a little kid would go in the playground to play mm-hmm. games, but he would go to the slaughterhouse to watch animals be killed <laughs> as a as young entertainment? Boy, As entertainment. And he's apparently in, he's, yeah, very enthusiastic about going to the slaughterhouse. Wow. Loved watching the animals get killed. Ooh. Um, so that was an early hobby. And he also killed two of its parents' geese. And kept the necks and heads as mementos. That's how it was worded when I researched it. As
0: mementos.
1: Mementos. So, serial killer. Perfect. In mm-hmm. the making. Alright. In the right. making. Yep. Shit. Which I feel like you could find weirder on Etsy. Then What? And like, I feel like Etsy <laughs> is Etsy like... What Etsy are you going on? Does is Etsy... there like Etsy dark web? I think... So. I don't know. Etsy's like a dark place to me. I don't know. What Maybe are you talking so... about? I only ever think weird of Etsy with like...
0: Rainbows and butterflies and just um, sunshine, like all these beautiful makers making things. I need to go to your Etsy because apparently my need... Etsy's. Yeah, you need to come <laughs> to the brighter side of Etsy, yeah.
1: apparently, because I've never seen anything weird. I just consider it all weird and. Okay, can get. let's unpack
0: that. What have you found on there that has.
1: Maybe I shouldn't Weir- mention it. it. What is it? <laughs> what, was it like know. a whale penis or something? <laughs> Just a weird place. I don't know. Etsy, to me, is like the dark corners of the internet, kind of. Okay. It seems like it's a happy, good place, but then you have, like, very weird stuff occasionally in there. Wow. Like, eBay, I feel like, is also kind of, you get weird stuff. Well, I can see eBay totally being a thing. But but not Etsy? Et-
0: no. I feel like Etsy is so <laughs> above, you know, the, uh, you know, good standards, and you you can find really cute stuff.
1: There's definitely that, but then I also feel like there's weird stuff. All right. You need us okay we'll talk about we'll this. have it we'll, we'll have, have a, a discussion
0: dive. because okay. i'm very intrigued
1: as <laughs> probably more concerned the, than the trauma
0: that etsy has bestowed <laughs> upon you
1: yes um so yeah back to hans so hans also combined his steadfast steadfast devotion to his religion with his quote bisexual promiscuity okay um as well as a smidgen of blood and violence hence the geese <laughs> um, the geese, weird, very not healthy combination of interests. Hmm. Um, so his criminal career, I guess, started uh, when he first started forging documents for local students, which is actually kind of sweet because they were failing, and I guess he was helping them pass. Right, but uh, apparently hey, still illegal.
0: There's a ton of people who do that yeah uh, yeah that aren't I, necessarily serial, serial killers yeah but, but that's the, i guess the start but i guess when it comes to like what's it called uh i guess sociopathy when you think you're above the law or above the rules mm-hmm. that's like a big thing like when you truly believe you're above yeah shit right and he
1: definitely thought he was above oh man okay. a lot of the above mm-hmm. um and when i like list out all of his crimes it's pretty wild all, all right the, the, i'm ready things he got up to Um, so yeah, but his father got him a really good lawyer, so he got out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was ordained as a priest in 1904, but just barely, because I guess they thought that he didn't have the moral or mental fitness to be a priest. Which is also, like, I don't know how often that happened back then, but I would imagine not that often. That, like, it was that concerning if you wanted to be a priest.
0: Damn. Yeah. So I think everybody just so knew. So, like, he was, like, obviously off then. Yeah. Like, other people could tell he was off.
1: Yes. Y- so, Yikes. so, yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he raised early 1900s suspicions, I guess, in Bavaria, Germany. um So during his tenure as a priest, uh he slept with prostitutes, molested altar well, boys. Well, that's a problem right there. Yeah, I think so. as for, Like, if you're... It's very anti-religious. Yes, I know. <laughs> but what's interesting is, that, like, as I'm reading through it, you'll find that's not... it's. Those aren't the things that actually get him transferred. It's just his poor performance. It's and his it, combative energy. When you said poor performance, I was thinking. No, no. <laughs> that was not a mental slip-up. No. It's not a Freudian <laughs> slip-up on my part. But that is good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he also slept with prostitutes, molested altar boys, and gave sermons Oof. during mass that the higher-ups found too eccentric and strange. So I guess that's what. Oh, alarms. so it was
0: the sermons, it was not the, sermons. the molestation or, nah, nah. or
1: you know, being with prostitutes. Got it, got it, got Yeah, it. just the sermons, I guess. Yeah, and the um, you can't have that. No, I can't have that. <laughs> um, so yeah, poor performer, I guess, and that's what got him, I guess, transferred. So he immigrated to the United States in 1909, and he started his U.S. career in Louisville, Kentucky, where he was assigned to St. John's Parish, uh, oddly enough, during his tenure, can you guess what you got up to? Uh, um,
0: Killing horses. I'm just going <laughs> to stick with horses.
1: <laughs> Let's just keep going back to the horses. <laughs> no, good guess, though. Um, A girl named Alma Catherine Kellner was murdered, but the authorities at the time were satisfied with the conviction of the St. John's janitor, Joseph Wendling, which this actually kind of made me more mad than... Any of the other ones? Oddly enough, I don't know if I'm just desensitized because I do true crime <laughs> stuff. But cold,
0: cold heart. Just
1: cold, cold. I was like, yeah, he got thrown under the bus. And Hans was just okay with it. Well, it also sucks for Alma. Yeah, that too. That <laughs> and, I mean, Anna's obviously, like, um, I guess <laughs> yeah, that happens. What are you gonna do about it? Um. So Joseph the janitor was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of the nine-year-old. Um, and after his murder, Hans... Wait, Alma
0: was a nine-year-old?
1: I think I missed that. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Nine.
0: Ugh, let me guess. She was, like, a parishioner, I bet. Probably. Probably. All right.
1: So poor Alma. But we'll get back to that. All right. Um, so after arguments with his senior pastor at St. John's, uh, Hans was transferred to St. Boniface's church in New York City. So again, arguments, not murder. Got him transferred. I guess Did they know
0: about the... They didn't know about the murder, though. They were just, like... He's weird.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't think there's that, many, that much detail in it. Mm. But what I think is interesting is he might be the first priest that had documented... That it was documentated? documented? Yeah. Documented. Documented. Documentated. Documentated. Where, I guess, he was transferred when he did bad things. Like, cause this is oh. the first case I could see of, like... Where could, they, like, made it official. Where it was like he was molest- like it was found out that he was molest he was molesting boys or he potentially killed somebody and then he was transferred.
0: Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I think this was
1: the first like on record. Wow, kind of case, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. It's the first one I could find. Okay. Uh, so in nineteen twelve, Hans met a housekeeper from Saint Boniface's Rectory who had emigrated from the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So I looked it up. It was Czech Republic.
0: Mm-hmm. Croatia,
1: Hungary, Slovakia, Romania, and Austria. So oh my god, you're area. so you're so good. <laughs> well, your I, this is like pre-World War I. Right. So it's like that area wasn't yes. split up yet. Um, yeah, just for listeners. Um, so her name was Anna Amüller, and Hans was smitten by her and claimed that he was told by God to love her. Oh. Which is a common thing where he says he hears voices.
0: Oh, great. So he's schizophrenic?
1: Something. Something. That history of mental illness, illness in the family. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. Um, Well, if God told him to. (laughs) Yeah, who's going to tell him otherwise? Um, So, yeah, at first Anna was. At first Anna denied his advances, which, good job. Mm -hmm. She saw that he wasn't a good Mm -hmm. dude. You're a creep. Yeah, no creep. No creepy (laughs) priest. No thanks. Um, But she later gave in and began a sexual relationship
0: with him. Wait, okay, so what kind of priest was Hans? Was he Protestant or Catholic priest? He was Catholic. Oh my god. Yeah. Cause like I know that there's like some obviously some Christian sex that you can like be a priest or a pastor and like still marry and have romantic relations, but mm-hmm. that ain't a thing in Catholicism. Yeah. I think especially so. in nineteen twelve.
1: Yeah, I think I have my notes. Pope was cool with sex post 1930s Pope <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Like down a somewhere. headline in the
0: newspaper, Pope is cool yeah. with sex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> Because I wanted to look up, like, the history of, yeah, like, marriage and, yeah. So apparently 1930 was when they are kind of like, okay, maybe this isn't too terrible within marriage, I guess. Huh. Okay. According to the Pope. Okay. Um, so yeah, at first she denied his advances, but then gave in, and they started a sexual relationship, um, which I feel like is a good lesson. Trust your gut. Trust your gut.
0: Say no. Don't die.
1: Yes, exactly. Um... So Anna was actually not his only lover, though, during this time, because oh. I mentioned the bisexual promiscuity okay. thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so Hans had a sexual relationship with his male counterfeiting partners. That's another box to check on Wait, the so list. then he's counterfeiting money? Yes. $10 oh, bills, This guy gets around. He really does. Sexually Bors and her, criminally. Everything. He does it all. He does it he all. He does it all. Um, so yeah, he actually counterfeited $10 bills. Which I looked it up. is the equivalent to $250 today. Wow. Yeah. And the most common bill today to be counterfeited domestically is $20. And then domestically, it's 100 Fun fact.
0: Fun fact. In
1: a story where there's very little fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Anna's relationship with Hans lasted about a year before they decided to wed. Although the legality is still debated because Hans wasn't one to do things legally. Well, you can't... He's a priest. You can't marry. Yeah. I guess maybe it was in uh, secret.
0: I'm just saying, as a Catholic. Yeah. Well, I mean, as somebody who was raised Catholic, as at least I'm not actively Catholic. But mm. as a person who was raised Catholic. Right.
1: I don't know how things were done in mm-hmm. the 1910s. 1930s. Sex was cool, though. According to Pope. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's at least that. But, but this yeah. isn't the 30s. This no, is the 1900s. This is the 19, early 1900s. Okay. 1910s. Yeah.
0: It's not okay. Okay. She's, okay. So this, shit is not cool. That well, I mean, they, like according to the like Catholicism rules, he's supposed mm-hmm. to be celibate, and it's still like this today. I don't know. if Maybe they took a break in the '30s, but yeah, priests are supposed to be celibate. They're married to God or whatever. Maybe that's nuns, but they're just like not supposed to marry. You're a be- like if you fall in love, you're able to like, hey, like peace out. I'm not gonna be a priest anymore because mm-hmm. there that has happened, and then they but then you're not a priest. Yeah. If you're married or if you're having sex, you're not a priest anymore in Catholicism.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hans didn't like that though. So, but yes, as we've yeah. mentioned, he's a rule breaker. He really is. Okay. Really good at rule breaking. All right. So during ceremony, like, you know, the moment when they're having their sweet nothings and talk about the vows and mm-hmm. how much they would love each other. Yes. The typical stuff. Uh, Hans said that he heard voices from God that oh. said he needed to kill Anna at the altar. And she said, Hans, you're crazy. Also, I'm pregnant. Wait, he said it out loud. Pretty much, are you at the altar? Yeah. Now it's time. Still married him? I guess so. She was like, "You're crazy, Hans. Also, I'm pregnant. But this (laughs) is cool. Stay married."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Stay married. (laughs)
1: Hashtag Stay married.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. This is one thing that keeps coming up in all these true true crime stories that I like hear. Not Mm -hmm. all of them, but a lot of them. Like, women value yourselves more. I know. If a guy is treating you like shit, it's yeah. because he thinks shitty of you. Yeah. No he might be he like says. a slaughterhouse
1: frequenter. Yeah. He, he might be a slaughter. but yeah. voice. He might
0: do it all. Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. And Mm -hmm. the guy's like spelling it out for you. I want to kill you right here in this altar. Yeah. No, you're going to marry me anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. She saw that counterfeiting. You put a ring on it. That's it, buddy. Yep. She saw those $10 coming. Oh, yeah. She's like, I need it. Yeah. I need it. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Retirement. (laughs) Potentially. Um, So, yeah, that happened. And then, so three days after the wedding, on September 5th, 1913, a woman's torso was discovered in the Hudson River uh, by two youths, which two I love. Youths? I love the term youths. Street like youths? Picture, yeah. <laughs> like, I picture, like, Newsies with, like, sticks <laughs> and, like, smoke and a drag. Oh, That's my what God. I picture. Um, so the torso was headless and cut at the waist. So, like, picture waist to neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was found on the New Jersey side. And then the next day, the bottom, ha- bottom half of a woman was discovered. On the New Jersey side of the Hudson as well, so they were both found on the New Jersey side of the Hudson. But because the rock that was used to weigh down the packages mm-hmm. was typically found on the on the New York side, mm-hmm. the jurisdiction actually fell under New York. Okay, so thought that was interesting. Um, so what led investigators to their first address in the case was a very distinct pillowcase that one of the packet. I'm going to call them packages. Uh huh. Uh, one of the parcels packages, parcels if you thank will you, parcels um <laughs> that was wrapped in um so they went to the manufacturer of the pillowcase um that it was wrapped in and they looked in the log books like the book of sales and saw mm-hmm. a name listed as a van dyke and the pillowcase actually had an a embroidered on it so it was like oh. oh handy okay yeah good to know so they followed up in the address and they entered the after entering the address with the permission of the landlord who must have been really not happy. (laughs) Um, He told them that the renter was not a Van Dyke, but it was a Hans Schmidt. Um, And Uh when they went in, they found walls with dried blood. They found a floor that had just been cleaned. Oh. (laughs) And they also found a very large knife that had not been cleaned of blood. Seemed like a very frantic scene. Um, So they also found... so he like... (laughs) Yeah. I'll do everything else,
0: but I will clean the floor. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I might need that knife, so I'll just hold that off until later. Um, I got things to take care of first. So, so amongst those things, they also found letters, like correspondence, between Mm -hmm. the Hans Schmidt and also an Anna um, Mueller. Because she was, like, the torso was found headless, so they didn't have any Uh, idea of her identity. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, torsos. It gets better, by the way. Okay. Oh, does it? Oh, perfect. We're not. Probably worse. I Depending on your perspective. <laughs> yes. I would say worse, probably. Um, so the investigators then followed up on Anna's home address that was mm-hmm. in the letters, where they were informed that Anna was a housekeeper at St. Boniface's directory, mm-hmm. but had recently transferred to St. Joseph- Joseph's Parish. Um, okay. So the renter of the bloody department, Hans Schmidt, Um, which I would imagine, again, that landlord must have been really... I feel like meth lab and crime scene two very bad things to find as a landlord. Yes. Not happy. Well,
0: I feel like as anyone. As anyone. Yeah, as anyone. Yeah, but especially a landlord. Especially a landlord. Land <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so they followed up in the address. Um, and they also found out that Hans Schmidt had also transferred from St. Boniface's to St. Joseph's Parish. Um, so they followed up and went to St. Joseph's Parish where they actually found Hans sleeping. So they awoke him and they told him what had happened what they thought had happened and yeah. asked him about it. And he just fainted and then told him everything within half an hour. Wait, what? Yeah. And the, I end. was pretty shocked. And the end, <laughs> the end. Good night. The end. Good night. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty shocked at like found wow. the address. Like it was very clean cut. Like it was yeah. probably taken care of in like a day. You could do this in like a day, day and a half for early 19th. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he fainted. And then he admitted to his crimes.
1: Everything. Yeah. Wow. And here's the order of operations. And okay. it's grisly. Um, so the order of operations was that on the night of their, you know, not really legally binding wedding, mm-hmm. that was probably not allowed, um, he snuck into her home where she was sleeping, slit her throat while she slept, uh, had sex with her body. Oh, oh my god, what? Yeah. Oh. <gasps> drank her blood. What? Yeah, drank her blood, uh, dismembered her corpse, and then he promptly got rid of the corpse in Hudson River. Um, and he is said to have proclaimed, maybe just in summary, I loved her, some sacrifices need to be consummated in blood. That's what he told the
0: investigators.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this guy's messed up. He's really messed up. Oh. I mean, it kind of blows your mind how messed up he, he was. That's a lot.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. That's just a, that's a lot. Yeah.
1: It's a lot to take in.
0: Um. uh... Okay.
1: Yeah. So this will is one I v- dude. will I um vomit. Uh continue on. <laughs> yeah. We just didn't edit. <laughs> Marie's done vomiting. Um so can you guess what his defense was? Like that in the, he, in the in Oh trial, the in court. was it
0: like the thing about like God told me to?
1: Yes. And that like what legal like what legal defense he was using. Oh legal
0: I have no idea.
1: Insanity. Oh of course. Well yeah. yeah. Wait. Interesting. So So he I knows that- he's
0: insane or is he I mean, obviously he is insane if yeah. he's actually hearing God's voice and thinking he needs to do this. Mm-hmm. But also he's like ironically smart in using that yeah. as a way to get out of it. Yeah. Even he's though not he believes it's true. Yeah. Weird. Okay.
1: Yes. Um, so he claimed that he was insane. He also claimed to have heard voices, um, which he also claimed while he was a priest to have heard voices. So maybe okay. like during mass. It yeah. Was like the Lord came to me, and that also freaked out the higher ups. Yeah. That he was hearing voices, maybe. Um, which I feel like that's actually a pretty strong defense, and he almost got away with it. Um, and also that he had a history of mental illness within his family, mm-hmm. so that was another defense. So the prosecution's argument that was that Hans was fully aware and responsible for his actions, that he was a con man experienced in forging documents and counterfeiting money. Oh, and also his lover, his other lover, was a dentist male female uh male Male. ernst Bet he got some
0: free dental work (laughs) i know i wish i could get some free dental work i know i just got a bill in the mail after my cleaning recently i was not happy with it i mean i have insurance yeah but man i was spoiled like pre you know 26 years old i never had to like pay for any Mm-hmm. Like any co-pays Like I, my parents just ha- Must have had like Bomb ass insurance Yeah And although I do have Insurance now And mm-hmm. it could have been A lot worse if I didn't Like it was still like Triple digits
1: Oh my god I know Yeah if only we knew An earnest If,
0: if only, only we knew any- A
1: counterfeiter <laughs> Does anyone know An earnest <laughs> That'll do Dental work for free Ernest and Hans Isn't that like A great like buddy duo you know name? <laughs> it's a great buddy Duo name Um So yeah that was a prosecu- Prosecution's argument so, The Trial of a Murdering Priest. Trial? Trial? The twirl? Trial? Trial. <laughs> Sorry, let me start that over again. <laughs> We're here trial? together <laughs>
0: to, to okay. discuss
1: a trial. Trial. So, I'll start again. <laughs> the Trial of a Murdering Priest, as one can imagine, was a hotbed of gossip, and it was a media frenzy in early 1900s mm-hmm. New York City and across oh, yeah. the nation. Can you imagine,
0: like, like, back then, you think, mm-hmm. like, oh, priests are, yeah. you know, a gateway to god and like mm-hmm. a trusted person someone that's supposed to be super trusted yeah um and yeah like i cannot imagine the shock of like that era for yeah. to learn that a priest
1: would do that yeah i mean i feel like the 70s and 80s they were still like super super trusted so back then it was oh, yeah been, yeah oh yeah i you mean leave your kids with them you could can... doesn't mean that they never
0: did anything bad but i mm-hmm. feel like it took people a while to like not not saying all, but old priests are right. bad. But there have yeah. been a lot of shitty ones out there.
1: Yes, yeah. Um. So yeah. So one newspaper, the Los Angeles Evening Herald, under the title "Mock Priest Confesses Slang," mock priest mock priest confesses <laughs> truly, slang. Though yeah, he is truly a mock priest. <laughs> yeah. Early early red flags. Um, claim that Anna had actually given birth and that Hans had killed the baby. Yeah. One <gasps> newspaper. Claimed. Wait, but that's
0: not true. They are just, like, sensationalizing
1: it? I couldn't find anything else, potentially. Oh. Because if she admitted that he she was pregnant, didn't know about it, which means maybe she wasn't well, I guess, showing.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I guess if he killed her, he did kill the baby, too, then.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. dark. Yes, very dark. Yikes. Um, the same article also questioned the case of Alma Catherine Kellner, the one in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um... The case that Joseph Wendling was convicted of because the murder matched Schmidt's MO. Wait, she was also. She was dismembered. Just dismembered? Yeah. Oh, and my... found in the basement, I believe, of the.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, so many But shows. again,
1: throw Joseph under the bus. Joseph Wendling. <laughs> <laughs> I get salty poor about it when janitor. I do oh. I know, the poor guy. Um, yeah, and Schmidt was working there okay. at the time of the killing. So another newspaper had compared Schmidt to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and noted that, and noted that investigators of other dis- disappearance cases were interested in questioning Schmidt. Um, specifically the case of Helen Green and another case of a five-year-old boy who Schmidt was seen walking around with. Uh, and Hans had apparently told people that he was his father. Not like priest father, but mm-hmm. like biological father. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that the boy's alleged name was Augustus Van Dyke. So that might have something a to do with the A. Van Dyke. Yeah. I thought that was the interesting. The pillow. The pillow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one source in the newspaper is said to have, he's said to have had a resemblance to Hans, the little boy. Oh. So that wait. was another. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he could have been his biological father.
1: Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. He could have actually not, like, just lied. Like, he did But have actually everything. been. But actually been his father. Like, biological Interesting. Father. Um, another newspaper even compared Hans to H.H. H. Holmes, the infamous <gasps> Chicago murderer. That's Schmidt. what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Kind of same era. I think he was, yeah. World's Fair was ni- early 1900s. The one in Chicago was like yeah, 1903 yeah. or something. Oh my gosh, um, I just
0: saw The Current War. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Nicholas Holtz, and oh my god, the third guy's escaping me, but it's like the the war of electricity between Edison and oh. Westinghouse. Yeah. For and then it ends with who who wins to be the like the official mm-hmm. you know provider of electricity for the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. You would love it.
1: Is Aj H. H. Holmes in it?
0: No. Oh, but <laughs> I thought he just made a brief sorry. appearance. By the way, Anna is like
1: from <laughs> Michigan. The area, the, the Michigan. area. Mich- close enough to Chicago. Mi-
0: close enough to yeah, yeah, Chicago, it's the closest
1: major city. I think. Is it from?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, um. Anyways, yeah. I highly recommend. I bear no
1: relation to H.H. Holmes. Oh, thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. Can, you Can you imagine imagine anybody's wondering?
0: Any yeah, t- any times you say like you're from Chicago? Oh, any relation? H. 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 <laughs> H. H. <Holmes>?
1: No, yes. <laughs> there's a guy, H.H. Holmes. Ever heard of him? <laughs> Are you really ever heard of him?
0: <laughs> but yes, um, so you would love that movie. It's really cool. It's called okay. The Current War. Like current, like electricity. Clever. Get it? Clever. <laughs> <laughs> write that down.
1: Um, so yeah, there's comparisons between the two. And because apparently uh, Schmidt had also claimed to have been a physician, performed abortions, apparently. He also did that, so that what was What the hell?
0: This guy, like, was a jack-of-all-trades. I know.
1: The illegal, disgusting, but profitable ones. But profitable? <laughs> but, pro- mean, but profitable? Counterfeiting. It seems very profitable. <laughs> um. So, yeah, H.H. H. Holmes did attend medical school Schmidt claimed to have, but... But yeah, both of them, I guess, were accused of killing for insurance payouts. Of course. Of course. Of course. That was
0: very popular back in the day because you could take insurance out on anybody without them even knowing. Yeah. And then kill them and yeah. then get their insurance money.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is during the Taft presidency, so I feel like you could probably get away with a lot more. Oh, like that. The, oh, the Taft. Taft. You know that, Taft. You know people I, under that presidency. I definitely
0: have, have definitely heard of President Taft, question mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've... You are so much better at history than I am.
1: (laughs) Oh, and this is also before the 19th Amendment. So the 19th Amendment was ratified in 1920, which is women could vote, like women's suffrage. So this is pre-women even being able to vote.
0: All right. Which is pretty wild. Good, like, time context. Got it.
1: Yeah. Um, So Schmidt's defense team was almost successful with an acquittal. Almost. They're super close. Uh, The first trial in December of 1913 resulted in a deadlock jury of 10-2. So I looked up some of the uh, jury's responses, mm-hmm. and I think one guy said that, yeah, we know he did it, but he could be crazy, so we shouldn't give him first-degree murder, but thank God for those two holdouts. Jeez. <laughs> thank God. Yeah. So they did a second trial, and that one took place on February 5th, 1914, so two weeks after the first, and this time he was found guilty. Nice. Thank God. Cool. Um, I
0: don't know how, like, you could not see him as guilty like yeah there's so much evidence it's like yeah it it seems cut and dry
1: yeah i think it was like the hesitation was because he was a priest (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) i think it was like the insanity they like didn't want to give him the death penalty maybe but i see yeah yeah Yeah. okay well i feel like you just should cover all those bases and just do it anyways (laughs) that's how i feel about it (laughs) because he threw him he threw joseph under the bus (laughs) because of joseph because of joseph (laughs) Joseph wendling (laughs) And also the killings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess because he killed people. And because of the yeah. Um, so although he fought off his impending execution at Sing Sing prison uh, with lengthy appeals, time eventually ran out and he was executed by electric chair. As the New York Times uh, noted, the unfrocked priest was accompanied to the electric chair by Reverend William J. Cashin. Um, he was executed on February 18th, 1916. And after his death, uh, investigators were actually interested in talking to him because there was a murder of a young woman in his hometown around the time that he was there. But he died oh before gosh. they could talk to him about it. So, yeah. Okay. Full circle, though.
0: Mm-hmm. The electric chair yeah. invented by Thomas Edison.
1: Oh, was it? Yeah.
0: Actually, you see it in the movie, like, how he um, he had this, like, moral thing where he never wanted to invent... Anything that could kill people, because people are like, "Oh my god, electricity! We can like use this for weapons or whatever." Mm-hmm. And he never wanted to align himself or what he did, like his contributions to like invention and technology and stuff, to hurt people. Mm-hmm. But um, apparently, he did when he was in this battle with um, Westinghouse. Yeah. Um, to who, who smear Tesla had Tesla yes. didn't need Tesla? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, he Tesla originally worked for Edison and mm-hmm. then was undervalued and. Yes. Left and um, it was eventually, because I think Tesla tried to make it out on his own. He did not do well because mm-hmm. he was just Tesla Tesla brilliant inventor, yes. not a brilliant businessman. Yeah. he just did not know how to make money and I think advocate for himself really well. But he yeah. was a brilliant person. Luckily, Westinghouse like took him under his wing. Edison, um, I guess he was approached by somebody that wanted like to you know like oh like let's do the Electric chair, mm-hmm. um, and he basically told the person how to construct the electric chair mm-hmm. that would kill a man. Yeah, and with like the agreement that he would call it the Westington chairs or Westinghouse chair, <laughs> it's or whatever.
1: So sneaky it is. Well, but the thing well, is, he though, also Edison killed an elephant. Have you heard that? Yes. I mean, he killed yeah. many. They killed many to... animals too
0: because um, because they wanted Edison's. To like the way that the electricity was set with Edison's company AC/DC. was um it wasn't uh, alternating. Yes. Westinghouse was alternating, which is what made it like so lucrative and much cheaper and mm-hmm. had more of like a bandwidth of reaching right longer distances. It's the superior um, of
1: the two. I'm sorry. Kind of. Wasn't it the superior of the two? I thought it of was. It was the
0: superior. And then um, when they were in this like battle duking it out, mm-hmm. Edison like, well, the alternating current makes it more dangerous to work
1: with, which is true. true. And he killed a beloved elephant. And he, I think the first thing to he did it. was he killed a horse. Oh really? Back to the horse. But it's the horses? <laughs> we have to end if it on the If only the horse had a surgeon. Yeah, I know. Getting him saved back. Him.
0: Um, but yeah, at least in the movie, I could be wrong, but in the movie they show that like he got the press together and it demonstrated like, this is what all like alternating, um, current does. does. Yeah. If you hit like touch the wrong wire or touch the wrong button or something, like how much yeah. deadlier it is. And like a horse dies right in front of them mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh my God, I'm a Westinghouse, What are they doing? It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone's like, Oh, we can use that in the prison system. Like instead of hanging people. That's often very inefficient and, like, brutal and inhumane. We This could be more humane. It so is not. <laughs> I know. The first, the, that poor first guy, that, like, the first guy
1: that died from yeah. the electric chair. Right, the figuring it out phase. Oh, man. I mean, there were accidents when they figured it out. They apparently. had to, like, electrocute
0: but... him, I think, like, four times. <sighs> like, they, like, bzz, like having to do it four times before he actually was, like, dead, and he had, like, an excruciating death. Yeah. But, Edison was behind that. However, he dealed it out with the people to name it the Westinghouse chair, because of it was course. using alternating yeah. current.
1: Good businessman, not a good guy, seems like. Exactly. At Edison. Yes. Do you know the most humane way of killing someone? I know like the hu- most hum-
0: humane way of killing a chicken. <laughs> from my farm what about days a horse? <laughs> what about a horse oh we didn't deal with horses oh okay
1: but... Did you call that surgeon no it's apparently the firing squad <gasps> really oddly enough yeah and that hasn't been a thing for a while i know which is weird that that's like the most also ironic that that's how
0: the romanoffs were supposed to go out and then mm-hmm. backfired and it actually wasn't very humane
1: yeah if done right apparently it's humane
0: Got it. And also, I found oh, this out That's recently. a caveat. If done right. If that, done right. That, there's the asterisk.
1: Yes. You gotta aim. You really gotta have a steady hand. But apparently, the way they did do the firing squads is they used to actually have a bunch of people fire at once, and then they used to put- somebody would have a blank.
0: Right, because then, like, for people to not know if it was them to- yeah. Cuz that's a lot to weigh on you to like know that you directly killed the man even though you didn't like pass the sentence you uh, you, you were the executor. Yes, That's a heavy thing to carry. Yeah. Yeah, I heard I I've, I've heard that too.
1: And they do the same thing with lethal injection, I guess. Where they have two people, I oh, guess put it, an
0: injection in and one is like a placebo, one is the actual lethal thing.
1: So apparently two people press a button
0: and then oh. it's computer automated at random. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, which is smart to keep people from getting PTSD. Yeah. Well, so back. To, should we get back? Back hands? to it. This this quick <laughs> lesson on brought to you by on executions. <laughs> Bring um, it back. All right. Okay. So a summary of his crimes because mm-hmm. they were lengthy. Uh, so he was a, an impostor.
0: Got it. Because he like a con man, a right?
1: Yep. He Claimed to be uh, a doctor to perform illegal abortions. Oh, oh, oh. He and Ernest were counterfeiters of ten dollar bills. Mm-hmm. A thief of sorts. I assume just money, but I mean, I would imagine it was pretty much everything. Uh, Unpaid slaughterhouse attendee, which I feel like maybe that's not,
0: it's not (laughs) a crime, but it should be.
1: Unpaid slaughterhouse. Like it should be a crime. Wow. But I don't think it is. It should be. Uh, Insurance fraud. (laughs) According to Anna, that's going to be one of his crimes. (laughs) Yeah. That's a crime in my book. Uh, Insurance fraud. Okay. Um, Forgery of documents. Yep. Yep. Uh, Murder. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sexual assault. Lakes. Which he was like of everybody. He was like an equal opportunist, you know, kids, women, men. I think. Oh my like god! Whole, which is this pretty is wild. Such a dark. It's super dark. This is such um, a dark episode.
0: And, oh my god! So he, yeah, uh, he. So he didn't have a type. He just liked doing the de-
1: depraved yeah. stuff. He was just total sadist. Got it. Um, and then thrower under bussers. however you want to phrase that. <sighs> For what's his name? A thrower of people. You throw people under the bus, Joseph Joseph Wendling. Yep, oh. which I feel like that should be a crime, too. Wait, did was Joseph Wendling executed? I think he just had life in prison. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he I just mean, didn't any get out. sort of
0: punishment that he didn't do that sucks.
1: Yeah, wow, yeah, damn. So throw people under the bus, too. That's what I would consider. So, yeah, that was and then I think so, murders he was suspected of. So, he was convicted and killed, um, for Anna a Mueller. But then there was also a, apparently a Helen Green, his somebody in his hometown, the little boy apparently, and I think there was others that he was accused of, or potentially. Damn. So there was at least like three. But th- that must have been like hundreds back then. Right. Because, you know, it was easy to get away with killing people, I feel like.
0: Shit. Yeah, no, really. Yeah.
1: Because I think this is also pre-fingerprinting being prevalent. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Fingerprinting was way after this. Yeah. Like, even D- Dude... DNA testing yeah. wasn't, a, like, a legit, like, refined thing to use until, like, the 90s. Yeah. The 90s. Yeah. We were born in the 90s. Yeah. Some of us are
1: older than DNA testing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Just for perspective.
1: Yes. Wow. So, yeah. What a guy. What a guy. What a great guy. Uh, Hans, Hans Schmidt. Hans Schmidt. You put a warning in these right cuz I feel like that Oh was yeah, a no. Lot. Okay. We
0: start the spooky episodes with trigger okay. warnings.
1: I feel the need to apologize to anybody who's had the sexual assault or uh, attacks cuz that was pretty rough. Yeah. But even is true crime.
0: Yeah. That's just that was really heavy. The true crime I mean tends to get heavier, <laughs> but cuz murder.
1: There's something
0: it's isn't it weird? There's something like I would hate to say use the word but like romantic about old-timey Crime. yeah like when melanie did oh my gosh one of my favorite ones that she covered was the uh brides in the bath murders did you listen to that one not yet oh my god you would love that episode okay it's also old-timey i think I it was do like more alliterations like... brides in the bath <laughs> brides in the bath murders. Mm-hmm. um yeah that was one of my favorite episodes and the and uh true crime stories that she covered okay um but mm. yeah so definitely give that one a listen um but yeah, that one took place, I believe, in like the eighteen hundreds. Okay, early, late, mid, mid to late, I would say. Okay, I'm gonna say. But yeah, um, that's a there's something just like fun. It's like kind of like Sherlocky, you know? Yeah. Just like it's not that the murders are fun, but it's like the time setting and like how they did things back then. Yeah, they, they feel so primitive, mm-hmm. and um, and it's astonishing that they figured anything out. Exactly. Yeah. Like when you look at like the Borden murders. Oh, right. Lizzie, the Lizzie Borden, Yeah. yeah, Like how that was, I think, if not the, at least one of the earliest, um, crime or uh, murder cases that was, that was, uh, forensic evidence was presented to the court.
1: Oh, interesting. Like, I think it was
0: actually the first murder case that used forensic
1: evidence. Okay. And that place is like a, uh, I don't know, a hotel now, isn't it? Isn't like um, a, a breakfast bre- It's a bed and breakfast. I've been to it. <laughs> I've taken a tour there. Oh, but you haven't stayed there? Oh fuck no. You wouldn't? Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. No. Even for the but you wouldn't record it for this podcast?
0: Um God. Listen. Oh I'll say this. When we get to a hundred patrons, <laughs> I will Ooh, I challenge will, yeah. I like challenge. This. When we get to a hundred patrons, we'll do like a paranormal investigation where I'll stay in a place like that. I like that. How about that? That could be fun. Ugh, I'm gonna regret saying that, but
1: <laughs> no, you're not.
0: <laughs> Man, all right,
1: yeah, that was a lot. Thank you. You did such you're a good job. Welcome. Like,
0: Thank you. and I had all these like random questions, and you just like had the answer
1: to them. Like, you're, you're so good at history I tried to predict the questions, but yeah, it was hard. I mean, there's good like a job, we, yeah, made me wonder a lot of things. Thank you, yeah. yeah, all right, and stuff. Woo. That was, that like was true mind.
0: crime for you guys. True um, crime. Moving on. So I have paranormal and I will be covering the Phoenix theater in my favorite Northern California town, Petaluma, California. <laughs> oh, Petaluma. Oh, uh, I just, you know what? It's so funny. So I was, I started doing the research for this episode. I started with the Washoe house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you been to the Washoe house I or know not. of it? Um, It's basically like this old, stagecoach like stop um it's really really it's like really really old it's like
1: pre-civil war it's so old it's so west to me stagecoach a stagecoach stop <laughs> a stagecoach stop. It's so like wild west to it's me. on Sony point road like kind of
0: um very close to the border of petaluma with Gatati. Mm. okay and so it was like a popular stop like you know, you go to the west, you go to Bodega Bay, you go south, you go to Petaluma, you go north, you're going to Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. In your um, stagecoach. In your stagecoach. Mm-hmm. And there is some paranormal activity there, um, but not a lot. Like, I, th- I was hoping for a lot more material. And so I'm like, oh, like, maybe I'll just turn this in- episode into, like, like my portion of it into um, various Petaluma haunts. Because mm-hmm. there are... Several haunted spots in Petaluma.
1: Petaluma Hotel is pretty. Prominent, Hotel isn't Petaluma
0: it? Volpe's. Um, obviously, the Phoenix Theater, which oh, yeah. I was the one that I'm going to be covering, and um, yeah, there's just like so many old buildings there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, But then my second location that I was going into, that I was studying into, was the Phoenix Theater, and I'm like, holy shit, this has a ton of material. <gasps> That I can, I, I am able to just only focus on the Phoenix Theater because there's so much. Okay. And this is really cool because um, it's like a personal thing for me because mm-hmm. my sister Letty actually um, performs there. Ooh. And I've like been to concerts there and stuff. Has she experienced um, anything? Uh, I should ask her because she's kind of sensitive and because she's performed there. So she's like part of this thing called School of Rock, um, which is not. No, it's not taught by uh, Jack Black. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but It's It's also not the cartoon (laughs) affiliated with. Yeah. 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 Um, So what is the Phoenix Theater? For those who don't know, this is like super close to your house, Anna. So I know that you know exactly the Phoenix Theater. But um, Mm -hmm. history. Ooh. Um, So in 1904, on the corner of Washington Keller Streets in downtown Petaluma, where a horse uh, stable once stood. It was actually, it used to be like a horse livery, so it was like horses for rent. <laughs> it's awesome. Rent That's a fantastic. horse, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, builders broke ground on the construction of an opera house.
1: Oh, it was originally an opera house.
0: Yes, mm. it was. Um, it So the, it broke ground 1904. 1904. Okay. It opened in 1905 as the Hill Opera House. Hmm. Its stage was... Gr- uh, graced by the likes of Harry Houdini, ooh, Enrico Caruso, who at the time was a very famous tenor, okay. opera- operatic tenor, okay, and Lily Langtree, who was a, a well-known like va- vaudeville actor,
1: okay.
0: Um, Musicals, dramas, comedies, vaudeville acts, and even the local high school graduations were held here in the early 1900s.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: The hill, um, as it was simply called um, by locals, was the most elegant structure in town at the time. Um, In the 1920s, unfortunately, a fire destroyed most of the theater, and it was reconstructed as a
1: moving picture house. Okay. I was about to say, because it's not that elegant looking now. (laughs)
0: No, it is not. <laughs> I mean, it's a good structure. It's not like crappy looking, but it's yeah. not like it's not opulent house. or anything exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it was reconstructed after that fire in the 20s. It was reconstructed as a moving picture house. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that so
1: makes you me have... like nostalgic. No I know because
0: <laughs> it's like it's not like a movie theater, like a t- moving, a moving picture. picture house. It's yeah. so old timey too. So we're kind of having fun with the old. We need to bring those again. back. I feel like. Yeah. Um, in 1935, it was renamed as the California Theater
1: okay.
0: um, with a huge neon marquee, which was, by the way, at the time, the largest neon marquee between San Francisco
1: and Portland. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. So between those areas, that was like the largest neon marquee that you could find.
1: Okay. I love those obscure like best fun facts. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Best stuff. Best stuff. <laughs> Number one marquee. Yeah. <laughs> um, a second fire destroyed the ceiling of the theater Who in nineteen fifty seven. I don't know. <laughs> it's a frequent arsonist. It just wait. Paranormal? Years.
1: Maybe. Oh. I don't know.
0: But okay. So like, so there was the fire in the twenties. Mm-hmm. And then another fire in 1957 that did not, okay. um, so it's like, I think the 1920s fire pretty much burnt it to the ground when it was reconstructed as a moving picture house. And then that had the fire in fi 57, mm-hmm. um, not the entire building was destroyed. Just, um, the ceiling of the theater. Okay. But I mean, I'm sure that was pretty charred. Yeah. Otherwise. Too. Yeah. <laughs> burnt to a crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, the theater was again rebuilt okay. now with the name the showcase, okay, so it went from the hill so to... went from the um yes the hill the the hill opera house okay to the california theater, okay, then to uh the showcase
1: okay gotcha
0: um and then so that was in nineteen fifty seven that or late nineteen fifties I guess that it was reconstructed and opened as the showcase, okay, finally. In 1983, so we're getting closer to modern tar- modern times. Mm-hmm. I can't say it. The modern times, in yeah. the good old eighties. Good old eighties. Um, so Reagan era. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> our our president <laughs> yeah. history buff here. President. Yeah. We're tapped.
1: We're going to Reagan. So in um, 18 or
0: 1983, the theater was renamed as the Phoenix, okay. a nod to its past fires and ability to rise up from the ashes again and again. So now you know why it's called the Phoenix. Yeah. It just.
1: I'm so stoked that I know that now. Now you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's now a rock concert venue and teen hangout with lots of graffiti graffiti, and even some skateboarding ramps uh, on the floor level.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't been inside of it. Okay. Yeah. So like if you go to the floor level, um,
0: it's pretty much like just all standing okay. right now. Mm-hmm. I know that there used to be like seats in those areas, but now it's just all standing. Mm-hmm. And um, on the floor level... On either side of the wall, there's like a skateboarding, like a little ramp, and it has mm-hmm. a little little perch, and
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and apparently, wrestling matches there. And I apparently,
0: I did not know, but it, wrestling matches also happen there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wears many hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Tom Gaffey, uh, became the manager and still is to this day. Okay. Um. He actually worked at the theater as a teen when it was known as the California Theater. And as the showcase theater, so he's seen the arson. He's seen it. So he, yeah. So he's like been with it, I guess, before the the fire, mm-hmm. or maybe just after. I okay. guess, yeah. Um, but fun fact: I actually went to my first concert here when I was twelve. Aww. Um, with my childhood BFF, and I saw Hilary Duff on her Metamorphosis tour. <laughs> And I'm not really sure, um, like, how much more 2000s you can get. Yeah, (laughs) that is peak 2000s. Yeah, like, peak. That was her very first, like, when she broke away from Disney and started doing music. Yeah, yeah, total teeny bopper concert. Yeah. Um, I actually, I bought a concert tee from there. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, you have to commemorate your first concert. So I got a concert tee. And the concert tee, it was like her face uh-huh. all huge. Yeah. And like so instead of like black and white, it was like um bl- uh blue and white. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it was just all blue like her like very moody like her face with like the her hair blowing in the wind, but it was like huge imposed on the t-shirt. And um I soon had to stop wearing it because my boobs were coming in and Gotcha. Hilary Duff's eyes were placed in a bit of an awkward area. <laughs> Somebody didn't plan that out well enough. Do you still have it? Oh, I wish no. Oh. Yeah. Um but yeah, RIP that concert tee. <laughs> yeah, RIP. Yeah. Okay. Um so, there's a few different spirits that reside or have resided in the Phoenix Theater. Okay. And I will start with the first is Big
1: Chris. Big Chris. Yeah
0: so it's kind of cool like when I was reading up into it um, all these they have kind of named all these different ghosts even mm-hmm. though they might not know what their actual names were like they have like nicknames which is cool because it kind of made it easy to like follow who's who. Mm-hmm. So Big Chris. Tom the manager recalls one night sleeping on the stage as a teen and he could hear and feel big footsteps but he says he never felt afraid when he was these okay
1: um
0: so not a menacing so not a menacing yeah. entity mm-hmm. uh, and tom says that this big guy as he described him has been felt by many people over the years in footsteps is that a common yeah like okay. either like his presence or like hearing the footsteps okay. um and he's been named big chris by the staff of the phoenix and is the only ghost not from a show business background that huh. they can tell.
1: Okay. Um they, Do the other ones sing? I'm excited to hear about these other yeah. ones so that they have. Like, <laughs> so when cy- psychics, so they've brought
0: a few psychics into this theater because it has a lot of paranormal activity. When psychics visited the theater, they said Chris dates back to when the grounds were the horse stable, and then he might have been like one of like the stable keepers.
1: Yeah. Um, Or horse surgeon. Or a horse surgeon. He could have been the horse (laughs) surgeon. could have been the horse surgeon.
0: (laughs) They also deciphered that a man was murdered on this spot, possibly with a knife. Whether that's Chris or not, they don't know. But um, they could tell that that murder happened when the grounds were a horse stable. And Chris has always had a protective energy. um, And he is... So he's the oldest um, spirit in this establishment. And he's seen the entire history mm-hmm. of the theater. So I'm sure he like feels very emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like it's his home and he still resides there apparently. And um, Chris, uh, not Chris, uh, Tom says that he can imagine that Chris um has like a very, really warm, protective feeling.
1: Okay.
0: Like that's how, he, what he feels from him. And that's mm-hmm. how like, I guess people that have sensed him as well, they don't feel threatened by him. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's just like warm and protective, and like this is like this mm. big guy, and they know he's big, I guess, because like you can hear like these like thumping footsteps.
1: Yeah, that's sweet. I'm Does glad he... he's around. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, another ghost <gasps> is dubbed the little kid or just the kid.
1: Okay, is this with a, a capital K? One? Is this is one of the like theatrical, possibly. Okay. So
0: other paranormal activity in the building include blue lights floating throughout the building and a ghost of a little kid has been spotted for decades.
1: Ooh.
0: Um, like the same little kid, like they describe him the same way for decades.
1: Okay.
0: Um, the little kid has a a boy has shaggy hair (laughs) is less than five feet tall, wears shorts or knickers, a wool suit and cap, very 1920s looking dapper very dapper with shaggy hair with this shaggy hair Oh, <laughs> poor little guy oh um it's speculated that this kid maybe worked in the back area of the theater like backstage yeah where there's a lot of ladders or scaffolding and pulleys and that maybe he got injured and died okay it's like it's- obviously like it would make sense if it was like way back in like the 20s or before when they put kids to work at like three exactly like no child labor laws <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sans child labor laws yeah um so yeah, so in the 1990s, a security guard for a metal band uh, that was performing at the Phoenix uh, got down off of a ladder backstage and asked like, oh, who's that little kid back there in the, uh, next to the exit? Like he saw this like little kid in, in trousers, in, in knickers, knickers. <laughs> um, yeah, like when no one could find the boy, the guard quit because he was so creeped out. Yeah. Okay. Like he was supposed to be like bouncer, or like security guard or whatever. And he was just like, not working tonight. Like, yeah, just like gave him the heebie jeebies. Okay. On another night at uh, the theater, Claire de Lune by Debussy started playing on the record player. Mm-hmm. And the manager, Tom, saw the little kid following a teen who was going to turn over the record. Oh, so he's like, so, so they have a record play record, like an LP going. Yeah. Claire de apparently that's, like, not cool enough for this teen to listen to. The teen gets up to, like, Stand turn the... Damn teen. R- <laughs> Damn youth. Both uh, yeah, teen youth. Uh. <laughs> he, like, gets up to go over to the record player and, like, switch up the song or whatever. And mm-hmm. he sees, like, Tom is seeing this happening and sees the little kid appear and is, like, following the teen. And before the teen can get to the record player, the little kid has, like, disappeared. Like, he's, like, vanished in the thin air.
1: This makes me sad
0: that he was following him. It's kinda of creepy that
1: it's, he was falling, but maybe he just wanted a buddy. That's what I think. That's what I mean, if you're like my a head little goes. Kid, yeah. You're shaggy wearing hair. your knickers and your wool wool suit and cap. <laughs> does he have any like men does
0: he do any mean things? No, I little think boy- oh, okay. it seems like this guy just mostly
1: He's lost.
0: He, he's a kid. He's lost. Um Oh. Yeah, he's just like kinda hanging out. I hope him and me, Chris. Get this together. Yeah, this kid has also been seen often like, um Sitting in this when so when it was the California Theater mm-hmm. or the Showcase I forget which was what era again it was um okay so
1: thirty no
0: do, do, do it was renamed so, the Phoenix in like
1: the fifties right
0: so it was the California Theater um after f- fifty seven okay and after eighty three wait no I'm getting get confused thirty five it was the California Theater. And then after the 57 fire, then it became the showcase. Okay. Um, So I guess like during the time when it was the showcase, when it was like a movie theater
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, and there were seats and stuff, people often also reported that this little kid would be seen like sitting there, Mm -hmm. like in the theater with them, or that he would just appear next to them. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, like sitting next to them watching the movie.
1: He needed a friend. Oh, he needed a friend. He just wants some Why does this... And then the throwing Joseph Wendling the Janner <laughs> under the bus me so- out more than any Anna- of the I, I Anna- mean, <laughs> a little dead kid, you know, just get, wandering after yeah. the afterlife is totally going to be
0: sad. But, yeah. um, but yeah, he's not like too mischievous or anything. He kind of okay. just like bops around. Um... And then there's, I think, what's one of the more menacing ghosts, the projection booth ghost.
1: Of course, it's the projection. There booth. always has Dude. to be
0: a projection booth ghost. God,
1: you know what they're in a haunted
0: to. theater. Yeah. <laughs> so the projection booth ghost. Mm. So when Tom was a young lad working, a young lad working at the theater, he often had the closing shift. Uh, he recalls, "Quote, by ten fifteen, it would just be me and whatever people were watching the movie." Near the end, I'd go up to the projection booth. After the audience exited, I'd turn off the projector, come down onto the stage where the sound equipment was, turn off the amps, check doors, balcony bathrooms, lock the doors, hit the security alarm, then then go out the door by the box office. Alright. Good job. On three separate nights, the box office phone rang as he was leaving.
1: Okay. Sounds like he really had a good order down.
0: Yeah, he knew... He I had mean, a handle it, on it. Good he's, job, guy. He's been doing this theater, working at the theater for decades. Like, he knows how shit goes down. Yeah. Um, So, three separate nights, the box office phone rang as he was leaving, and the building had five phone stations. Okay. As far as, like, in different parts of the theater. Yeah. The light on the box office phone indicated that the call was not coming from an outside caller...
1: Don't say it.
0: But from don't pro- say it. But <laughs> from the projection booth.
1: God, I know it's coming from so, inside the building. I know, For, like just saying that sentence gave you major chills. Uh, yeah. Um, when I mean, he, you just hearing it coming, I know. Like you, yeah. you know it's coming. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. When he would pick up the phone, there wasn't anybody on the other side. Um, each time this happened, Tom would burst into the projector booth, ready to find someone who had broken in or something, only to find. No
1: one.
0: Mm. I know. Um, the psychics that came in and said that the projection booth ghost, um, they said that he seemed older, with white hair, and wearing faded green, almost khaki clothing.
1: Hmm.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, he is tall and thin, with angular knees and elbows. Okay. The psychic told Tom that the projection booth ghost is trying to make good on something wrong he felt he did to a child.
1: Wait, so angular knees and elbow, like, sharp I guess he's, like,
0: must be, like, really scrawny, like, one of those, like, old... Okay. Like, just, like, a bag of bones, kind of. Gotcha. You know, and maybe he, like, has, like, that angry old man stance where you're, like, you're holding your elbows
1: up. Gotcha. Kind of, (laughs) er, pointy knees, kind of. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like, knobby. Okay. I assume, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh (laughs) Um... So, this was really interesting, though, um, that I found really intriguing with, like, the little kid ghost, Mm -hmm. and then then the the psychics say that um, the projection booth ghost is trying to make good on something wrong he felt he did to a child,
1: which leads
0: me to wonder if this child he is referring to is the little kid. Yeah. The projection booth ghost continues to be a problem for Tom, and he's not the only one that has... Encountered him. Many hear clanking and see a figure in the booth. One night, trying to close up, Tom got so fed up with the antics of the ghost that he yelled out, Damn it, I want to go home. If there are any ghosts here and you're fucking with me, when I die, I'll come back here and haunt you and you won't like it for one minute. <laughs> Take that, sharp elbow Take man. Take that, sharp elbow man. Yeah. Since that night, things have quieted down, supernaturally speaking. While he is trying to close up shop. Though many patrons have reported seeing and feeling eerie things in the building. Okay. Our last ghost.
1: So how many this is fourth?
0: That was the third one. Because there was Big Chris and then Little
1: Kid. Gotcha.
0: And then Projection Booth Ghost. And now the last one. Okay. It's not over until the fat lady sings. Is it a fat lady? Well, she's called the lady in the (laughs) bathroom. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So there have been many psychics, as I've said... As well as Ghost Hunters and Exorcists. Even. Are there any episode, like paranormal episodes on oh, this? Oh, I wonder. I would love to... If not, people are missing out. Okay. As far as, like, Ghost Hunters out there, you're missing out. You should definitely go to Ghost this, Hunters, yeah.
1: if you're listening. If you're listening,
0: go to the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma, California, and do an mm-hmm. investigation, por favor. Yes. Um, Pronto. So, yeah. So, even Exorcists um, have visited the building. And one of the psychics actually was able to help one of the most troublesome of the Phoenix theater spirits to pass on. Okay. So this gal, she's no longer there, but um, this was the lady in the bathroom,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: an angry big woman Mm -hmm. that haunted the bathroom of the theater.
1: That's a really inconvenient place to haunt.
0: Can you imagine? Yeah. The last thing you want to be in is is a tiny, like stuffy bathroom full covered smelly. in graffiti yeah. smelly you're just stuck there in the app af- i would be angry
1: too yeah it's like it's okay you got the theater you got the projection booth fine and she's got the, the bathroom, bathroom alone. yeah
0: <sighs> she drew the short end <laughs>
1: yeah she did
0: apparently um but yeah so two janitors that used to work at the theater that were like a spouse duo um would not clean the bathroom alone because they like experienced so much in there like they refused to like one always had to be accompanied by the other to do. I like it.
1: janitor duo. I like the term. Janitor you're duo. You're very is sympathetic a great term. to the janitors. I am, yeah. In this episode. <laughs> I think Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel for them.
0: Yes. Oh. They yeah, work hard. They do work hard. Um they often felt the heat dramatically rise up and their hairs stand on end. Oh. The psychic from the Berkeley uh, Psychic Institute arrived on Friday the 13th of all days.
1: There you go. Appropriate.
0: Yes, very appropriate. And um, I think this was when the theater was redone to become what is now the Phoenix Theater. Um, but yeah, because like the article I got this info from mentions how there was like a ton of stuff moving around. In the bathroom. Not just in the bathroom, just oh. like generally in the theater. Okay. Um, and that the lady in the bathroom was extremely angry. And like, I'm sure you've heard this in the past. Like, when you're re- like renovating, or if a place is being just like if you're moving around stuff, like basically you're like disturbing disturbing the the energy of yeah. an area, and that's usually when paranormal activity is like stirred up and is heightened because mm-hmm. whatever entities are living there are like, what the hell? This is my home. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just like, I'm just inferring that this is probably, maybe this was like in the 80s. Okay. Because they talk about how there was like a lot of stuff moving around in the theater and like she was acting up a little extra. Okay. And then this is when they get the psychic to come in.
1: The Reagan era.
0: The Reagan era. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, like uh, Tom describes this time like saying like the energy was in the air was just thick, like negative, hot, like yeah. angry energy. Like It's and- interesting
1: it's hot. It doesn't get yeah. cold, it gets
0: hot. Well, I mean, I feel I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, people talk about like, ooh, cold spots, but honestly, any like, um, in undescribable like, uh, temperature changes are paranormal, can be paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be either like dramatically getting colder or dramatically getting, getting hotter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a theory of like if it's like a cold spot, it's because, um, an entity or like a spirit is draining all like the energy out of that one spot and that's mm. why it's getting cold cuz it's like losing energy it's like losing heat and if it's like hot it's that the spirit itself is giving off a lot of energy. Oh, that's interesting. That it's like very emotional. I mean, I'm there's no science to it yeah. this, per se, but yeah. that's kind of like the running theory that I've heard in the past. That's interesting. Um which makes sense that if she's like really angry and emotional mm-hmm. that the air is like hot. She's heated. And then it gets yeah, she's heated. She's heated. Um mm. But yeah, so when the psychic walked in he said oh my god look at all this energy this place is packed so he was actually holding l-shaped rods or dousing rods okay which um we talked about these as divination tools in our divination episode but if you're holding them they're like metal and they're l-shaped and they're kind of like on these handles that um they they can spin on and so you hold them and you can you see like how they spin and stuff. And so I guess he was holding one of these and it was like spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. Like you hold them still and you see like how they move to kind of get, um, the feel of energy or to get even messages from spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he was holding this, L- this dousing rod and it was like spinning like crazy. And he's like, Oh my God, this place has a lot of energy. Okay. <laughs> um, so the psychic conferred from the spirits that they found refuge in the building Okay. And most were confused about where they were, what was going on, and what was to happen next. Hmm. Um, the psychic saw the lady in the bathroom. She had a big hole in her chest.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Like, could they see through it?
0: I don't know if he, like, meant, like, maybe she was, like, all-blooded as if she had, like, um, she had been shot, maybe, in the chest, or if it yeah. was, like, maybe a symbolic thing where She was hollow there? I don't know. Mm. Um, But that's so eerie. Yeah. So, yeah, so she had this big hole in her chest, and he actually addressed the spirits, encouraging them to go towards the light, um, that if they wanted to go, that they could.
1: Mm -hmm. Wait, sorry, this is an exorcist?
0: This is a psychic. Psychic. Psychic medium, I guess. Okay. The lady in the bathroom decided to pass on into the light, and the vibe of the entire building settled. Since then, the spirits that do still inhabit the Phoenix Theater are mostly just calm and quiet and kind of chill out. Mm-hmm. They may pull a prank or two, I guess, on Tom the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, most of like the negative spirits are gone. Okay. However, they did not say that the projection booth ghost guy moved on. He seems to have been like the most mischievous one. Yeah, sitting there with uh, the sharp
1: elbows. Yeah,
0: he sounds scary looking, but maybe he's just kind of like a grumpy old man and he's just like playing pranks yeah um but otherwise there's like the little kid i guess is still there and big chris is still there okay i'm glad the little kid at least has company yeah and apparently there's a bunch of other spirits that have resided in the phoenix theater too Mm -hmm. but these were the most like strong ones that people have felt reoccurring and that have like obviously like i feel like if you have a nickname you've you've done enough, like, <laughs> yeah. get that kind of recognition. You've been around. You've been around. Yeah. But, yeah, so that is the Phoenix Phoenix Theater in Petaluma. Interesting. Yeah. So now I think of that. Yeah, honestly, so when my sister performed there, mm-hmm. it got pretty um, eerie when I would, like, go back and visit her backstage. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, like, I never saw anything. I rarely see things. Mm-hmm um we felt some but i definitely felt like my hairs were like on end and it just felt like off and it was before i even knew that this place was actually haunted did you feel any heat or anything or no no i i didn't feel any like weird temperature stuff it was mostly just like presences mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah i wonder if hillary duff knew <laughs> i wonder if she heard about uh-huh. these things yeah like
0: man And there's so many like Sonoma County acts that have performed there. Like if you are somebody who's performed at the Phoenix theater and you've experienced something message in, I would love to know. Or if you're just like a Sonoma County native and you've been there and you've those teens.
1: Yeah. Who hangs out. One of
0: those youths. One of those youths.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who hangs out. But yeah, guys, that is the story of the Phoenix theater. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad I know that, but I'm super creeped out by it now.
0: Well, you know what's wild is that apparently there are tunnels that run um, below oh the Phoenix Theater to Volpe's because of Prohibition. <gasps> like the bootleggers what? would. Yeah, you never heard of that? No, there's I've been huge... in Prohibition tunnels, but I didn't like. Yeah, there's Prohibition tunnels that uh, run Ooh. between the Phoenix Theater
1: and Volpe's. It's a very short distance.
0: Yeah, it's just catty corner. <laughs> yeah. They're literally like catty corner to each other. So it's like Phoenix Theater is right on the corner of. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington and Keller, mm-hmm. and so is Volpe's. Are just like diagonally from each other, but yeah, yeah, isn't that wild?
1: That is wild. There's a bunch
0: of like cool prohibition history about Petaluma. I mean, you've seen that fountain, I'm sure, next to oh, the bell yeah. tower. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it basically says uh, for people who don't know, like. It's like this water fountain. Yeah. And engraved on it, it's in stone. It's like says... Um,
1: it's a temperance fountain, isn't it? Isn't that what they call them? Is
0: that... Uh, there's a name for it? Well, I it basically it says the- like um, abstinence is the, the is the way to prohibition or like abstinence from alcohol, not yeah. sex. People still had sex in the 20s. Yeah. I People was, like, also the- still drank in the, in the 20s <laughs> too, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that didn't stop anybody. No.
1: I feel yeah, Yeah. Wasn't it the temperance movement and then it turned into prohibition?
0: Oh my gosh. You're so smart. Oh,
1: well, I like my history.
0: Yeah, you do. That's why I love you. Love um, you too. Love you for so many other reasons, but... Same. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you're so smart. Yes, so I guess it, it for sure could be a temperance fountain then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
1: think amazing. it's one of the few left in the US. There's not really? a whole lot of them. Yeah, it's pretty oh, rare. Oh,
0: cool. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I love Petaluma, not just like the culture, but we have so many like cool fucking history.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Um, and also like uh, we have a restaurant called Speakeasy. Mm-hmm. And it's called Speakeasy because it literally used to be a speakeasy. Yeah. Like, literally used mm-hmm. to be a speakeasy. I um, hope there's
1: a tunnel from that to another I wonder, tunnel, right? Maybe. Anyhow. Are tunnels never not creepy? I, I really want to take the
0: tour um, in the tunnels below Calneva Resort <gasps> in Lake Tahoe. Oh, but those were also, yeah. I guess that was those were also used during, like, Prohibition as well as... Um, Uh, Frank Sinatra would use that those tunnels to like move about the hotel and stuff to avoid the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. But apparently, I don't know if they still do. But at least you used to be able to take tours um, in those tunnels, the Cal
1: Neva. Did you know there's an interesting story about how they used the mob used that hotel with Marilyn Monroe to blackmail her.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor thing. Speaking of sexual assault, like, they also, like, would drug her up and she'd be there for, like, Frank Sinatra and they would drug her up and, like, pass her on like a rag doll. Poor thing. I know. Um, The Killing of Marilyn Monroe Monroe is a very good podcast.
1: The RFK part of that. Oh.
0: Oh, my God. Did you, have you listened to the new um, season of Killing of? It's now Killing of John Bonet.
1: I feel like, did they do all of it? Because I only got to, like, halfway through and I feel like there wasn't new episodes. Did they do all of it? Yeah, oh, I need to. Go. I need Pretty to revisit. Sure. Yeah, right, I need to revisit that one. Anywho, yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, thank you I'm so much good. for thanks coming for having over. Me. Yeah, to co- coming over and and doing the research and doing it thoroughly. Like I knew you would. Thank you. Um, you did such a good job. And
1: thank you. Um, and I loved yours as well.
0: Thanks. Now I will just be forever I creeped thought, out. <laughs> I know. I thought you would appreciate it as a resident of uh, Petaluma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah that was a fun one to research Mm -hmm. but anyways guys thank you so much for joining us um today Mm -hmm. Uh, again i'm maria and you've been listening to the new witches podcast um we will be at you again uh next wednesday with a witchy spirituality topic um if you'd like to follow us you can follow us on instagram and twitter at the new witches um uh, on Facebook, the new wishes podcast, and we, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you'd like to support our pod the podcast and oh, I keep saying we, and I'm so sad because now I realize it's only me. <laughs> I'm here for you at least we in the collective, you yeah, know the royal we, the royal <laughs> we the royal we <laughs> um, just you know, if you would like to support the podcast, um you can go onto Patreon. And we give members uh, uh, exclusive benefits. Um, You'll get a handwritten thank you note from me in the mail. We'll give you a patron shout out um, in an upcoming episode. And um, I'll also post exclusive content on there. You're also added to our close friends list on Instagram. So you'll see exclusive um, story content Mm -hmm. uh, there as well. Um, And we also have our listener episodes. So we do those every 13th of the month. Uh, and you can uh, turn in your, submit your true crime, paranormal, witchy, just weird mm-hmm. story, own personal story uh, on our website, thenewwitches.com. Where we have a contact page there. Or you can email it directly at thenewwitches@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening in. And stay
1: safe. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>